0: The Dallas Stars are poised to be one of the best teams in the Central Division in this upcoming season. But on today's episode, we take a look at a few teams around the division who could potentially throw the Stars off the path for that number one spot. We'll talk about the Avalanche, Wild, and Blues, and if it's possible for them to outperform the Stars this upcoming season. All of this coming up on today's episode of Locked On Stars. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Tuesday, July 11th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow along on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We are always free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. Who continue to tune in uh, here throughout the offseason as we are slowly uh, but surely approaching uh, the start of the next NHL season, a season in which uh, I don't think it's too unrealistic of an expectation to believe the Dallas Stars are one of the favorites to potentially win the Central Division, and we've spent plenty of time over the past handful of episodes discussing the Dallas Stars' depth with their new signings on top of the excellent players that are already in place uh, from last year's team. It seems like they're ready to run it back with not just a loaded roster from last year, but some really nice depth acquisitions to go as well. But just because a team looks good on paper does not necessarily mean that they're going to be a championship division contender or even a championship contender for that fact. And I just wanted to do a quick little off-season check-in with some teams around the Central Division and get a feel for what other moves are being made and who poses potentially the biggest threat to the Dallas Stars for a chance to win the Central Division uh, because home ice advantage is such a big deal in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And the Stars, of course, did well enough to earn it in the first round uh, and then kind of, I don't want to say got lucky in the second round, but were fortunate to be granted home ice advantage in round two against uh, the Seattle Kraken, who upset Colorado. But had Colorado beaten the Kraken in round one, it would have been games one and two at Ball Arena, back to Dallas for games three and four. And who knows how that series could have transpired if the Stars have less games at home. But I digress. Let's jump into the first team of discussion today and the Colorado Avalanche, who are are in an interesting spot because I think a first-round exit from the postseason has led many to forget Uh, maybe even myself at times, how good this team really is. And I don't really think that they're necessarily out of a window of competing for championships. They are returning their key core players, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr, Devin Taves, just to name a few. They they did lose some key players as well. There's some pretty big roster turnover, uh, just some very notable names, Alex Newhook, uh, one of the newest members of the Montreal Canadiens, Eric Johnson, is gone. JT Comfer is gone. Evan Rodriguez is gone. Uh, you know, A lot of guys, none of those players necessarily superstars, but key contributors to the Avalanche success uh, over the past year or so. Uh, and a lot of those guys, members of the team that helped bring the Stanley Cup back to Denver uh, for the first time in a while. But even with the departure of these notable players, guys that will be missed in Colorado, they gained some new players as well. Uh, Miles Wood coming from the New Jersey Devils and the Stars and Avalanche saw eye to eye in one way, both picking up uh, former Nashville Predator players. The Avalanche went out and got Ryan Johansson. And if you're watching on YouTube, I have a a, a mock from the Daily Faceoff of what some forward lines could look like for the Colorado Avalanche. And really with, with these questions, uh, of discussing these teams, I want to ask myself, you know, are the stars better than this team? Are the stars, should they be expected to outperform this team? Should they be expected to finish higher? Uh, and obviously it's early and these are just guesses from the daily face-off. No one really knows what any team's lines are going to look like exactly at this point because we haven't seen training camp and we don't necessarily know how these coaching staffs want to structure their lineups and all of this to say with the avalanche, I've talked through all these players, the the core players staying the key departures, the key acquisitions, all of this, uh, you know, i say without mentioning that they're waiting on the return of their captain, Gabe Landeskog, who I assume is going to be back at some point next season. I know it's such a tricky timeline with his injury. We didn't see him at all in the last season after they won the cup. Uh, but you have to imagine that he wants to get back out on the ice as soon as possible. And I think just looking at, at this roster here, it's pretty clear, uh, I think in my mind, at least on paper, that the Stars and the Avalanche are the best two teams in the Central Division. And barring anything health related, I, I think it's not too far of the stretch of the imagination to think that these two teams will be gunning for the top spot in the division by the end of the season, uh, as it was this past year. And Colorado you know, probably should have had an easier road, but they did battle their fair share of injuries. And that just goes to show how good of a team they were, how deep of a team they were, that they were still able to be competitive, and get back I know that at stretches it didn't necessarily look promising uh in the middle stages of the season, but they were eventually to able to work themselves back into a position to eventually win the division uh, over a team like the Stars who just couldn't get out of their own way in overtime, Minnesota and Winnipeg, both kind of stumbling over themselves at the end of the season. It's a very good and very deep team, even with some of the key departures. Even if you, you look at that bottom six, I mean, Miles Wood probably going down there somewhere, Ross Colton coming to the team, Uh, You know, they added a few Dallas Stars players and Freddie Olofsson, who right now probably would be on the starting lineup. I know that they still have some holes to fill in the forward department. So maybe you see Freddie Olofsson on the opening night roster. There's also former Dallas star Andrew Cagliano, who got extended by the team. He's back for at least one more season. Some really nice veteran pieces, not guys that are going to steal the spotlight or steal the show for the Colorado Avalanche. But Guys, that any team around the NHL would look at, look around and say, "Oh, I wouldn't mind having one of these players in my in my lineup, in my roster every single night." Uh, and I, you know, the Avs are going to be a very good team this upcoming season, and I think the Stars are going to be in that same boat as well. I think the Stars have a slight advantage in net. Alexander Georgiev, a very good goalie, a proven goalie, especially after this last season. I think that he's a great piece for this Avalanche team and I'm obviously going to be pretty biased towards Jake Ottinger in a lot of situations, but a healthy Jake Ottinger, uh, I would take him over almost every goalie uh, in the NHL. Not, not quite every goalie maybe, but he's definitely, I think entered into that top five conversation uh, when you're talking about each goalie at full health. Uh, I think Jake Ottinger certainly can hold his own. And so it's, I feel like it's, it's a a draw right now. Uh, You want to talk about depth and consistency throughout the lineup. I don't, I can't really lean either way. the stars and avalanche as much as my bias wants to go stars the the realist uh, in me knows that the colorado avalanche are going to be a deadly team and whenever these two teams get together in the regular season it is going to be fireworks and we are going to be watching likely the best two teams in the division uh, and it's it's never really a dull moment when these teams get together and i don't really expect that to change this upcoming season the top lines for both teams are fantastic both of them have You know, two of the best defensemen in the game right now in McCarr and Haskinen. And then even, you know, you look at the depth defense. I know I talked yesterday. Devon Taves is a very good second defenseman. And I'm hoping Thomas Harley can embrace that type of role for the Stars this season. I don't really know to what degree that could look like, but I think the Stars potentially have something there with Thomas Harley looking to truly establish himself this upcoming year. So the Avalanche, I think, pose truly the greatest threat to not necessarily stealing the division, because I don't think people would be shocked if they won the Central, uh, but I think that they are going to be the greatest adversary for the Dallas Stars in terms of winning the division in 2024. But it's not just the Colorado Avalanche that the Stars are going to have to worry about. There's a few other teams in the Central Division that, while they might not be the favorites right now, we know can cause problems for the Stars and other teams in the division, and one of those teams is the Minnesota Wild. We'll talk about them Coming up next. Today's episode of Locked On Stars is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $2,000. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting on everything from the money line to over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. I want to thank you again for making locked on stars. Your first listen of the day, a big thank you to all the everydayers out there who continue to tune in a uh, little, little housekeeping note uh, while we're on that discussion. Uh, we are still covering the Dallas stars this week, Monday through Friday, each day of the week, but then starting next week on Monday, the 17th, we will be cutting back to three episodes a week with it fully being the off season, uh, Pretty much all of the NHL shows across the Lockdown Podcast Network will be making a jump from five shows a week to three shows a week, uh, just with it being the off season. Maybe not as many points of discussion, and also to give us hosts a little bit less of a workload as we get prepared for training camp and the regular season. Uh, and then once you know training camp comes back around, we will go back to five uploads a week, uh, but five uploads for the remainder. We will, you know, continue to go through this week. You'll get an episode tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and then starting next Monday. uh, We will be going every other day, three days a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday will likely be the rotation there. Just wanted to give the listeners and viewers at home a heads up, and I'll continue to do so throughout the week, but let's continue to move on with today's discussion of teams in the Central Division that probably pose the biggest threat to win the division over the Dallas Stars. We talked about the Colorado Avalanche but now I want to talk about the Minnesota Wild, who are a, a very weird team. And I remember thinking this last year. Uh, they haven't necessarily made any notable additions at this point that that could be subject to change. They still have around $8 million left in cap space. And they also did go out and sign Pat Maroon, uh, who has you know had a pretty good track record on being on some Stanley Cup competing and not just Stanley Cup competing teams, but teams that have won the Stanley cup in recent memory. Obviously that hasn't been the case the case the past couple of years Uh, But Pat Maroon had a pretty good run there from what 2019 to 2022 of appearing in the Stanley cup finals and winning uh, nearly all of those appearances, if I'm not mistaken, but he is a replacement, I guess for Ryan Reeves, who is one of many notable departures for the Minnesota wild Ryan Reeves, Matt Dumba, Sam Steele, one of the newest members of the Dallas stars, Gustav Nyquist, and former Dallas star, John Klingberg, all of those players, unrestricted free agents. A lot of those players have already signed with new clubs. Matt Dumba at the time of recording still has not signed with a new team, but Klingberg has signed with the new team. I know Sam Steele signed with the new team. Ryan Reeves has signed with the new team. And so a lot of notable departures, players that the, the Wild considered key in getting to the postseason. And then once they were in the postseason, guys that they did try to lean on in order to get a you know a series win over the Dallas stars, but it just was not necessarily meant to be. And it leaves their roster just in a peculiar space where, you know, you look at the top six and you say, okay, that's a pretty good group of forwards. Kaprizov, Hartman, Zuccarello is a pretty darn good top line. Matt Boldy, Joel Erickson, Marcus Johansson, a formidable second line. Maybe not as daunting as some others around the NHL, but certainly a group that can hold their own. And then you start to get down into the depth and, It's very, very hit or miss. There's certainly some talent there. But I I think, you know, you look at a team like the Dallas Stars and you feel pretty comfortable with where you're at when you compare your depth to that of a team like the Minnesota Wild. And the Minnesota Wild are also still working out some deals with some RFAs, Brandon Duhame and Philip Gustafson in net. I uh, don't necessarily know all the specifics on what's being worked out there or what that looks like, but I do know uh, that both of those players, according to Cap Friendly, still RFAs and don't necessarily have new deals made just yet. And it's a good roster. It's a good Minnesota Wild team. And I think that they really do, if they want to make that jump to be a competitive team in the Central Division, you have to go out and you have to add some juice to the lineup. And it's really as simple as that. Uh, you know, defensively, it's, Kind of an underwhelming group. Uh, I mean, Jared Spurgeon, I feel like, is an underrated defenseman and has been for quite some time, but he's definitely not going to carry the team like you would expect uh, Miro Haskinen to do. And I know Brock Faber, you know, performed pretty well in the playoffs coming in as a rookie. And and it's just, you know, not, not a defensive core, similar to the Dallas Stars. I know maybe I'm not necessarily in an area to talk, but I think Miro Haskinen makes up for a lot of that with the wow factor. And I just keep coming back to that with this Minnesota team. I feel like that's what they're missing. Uh, obviously, Kirill Kaprizov is, is a stellar player, a phenomenal player, but we've seen that it takes more than that to have success in this league, and it, it, it puts the Wild in a, in a weird spot because I think that they're always just going to be one of those teams that is around and competitive. They seem to have always been that way over the past handful of seasons where they're you know causing trouble in the regular season. They're finishing somewhere in the range of top three in the division, and then they make it into the postseason, but then they just fall out in the first round. I know they haven't won a first round series in quite some time. And I just feel like up to this point in the off season, they haven't taken the necessary steps in order to get to that next level. And obviously there's still plenty of time left. They have cap space. Who knows what other kind of moves they can make, but I think that's the the stars beat them in in all three categories. Uh, If you want to talk about forwards in depth there, I think it's, they take the cake Defensemen, They take the cake goaltending. I think they take the cake. Marc-Andre Fleury, is Marc-Andre Fleury one of the best goalies of my generation? But, I mean, he's continuing to age and get older, and depending on what happens with Philip Gustafson, I mean, even if you get him back, is Marc-Andre Fleury really who you want to come in as the number two? And, you know, let's say, heaven forbid, Philip Gustafson sustains a long-term injury. I don't want that to happen, but it could happen. It's the NHL, and you never know what you're going to get. Are you comfortable, as a Minnesota Wild coach, fan, and other players, to have, Marc-Andre Fleury shoulder the load. I just don't know if that's a winning recipe for that team, and I think that's another reason why the Stars have an advantage over the Minnesota Wild, although they'll probably still be a, a competitive bunch. They're not necessarily going to be an easy win when they come up on the schedule, but they're not a team that worries me quite to the extent like a, a Colorado would concern me, or you know, a team out in the Pacific like Vegas who's probably going to be reloading, or maybe an Edmonton or a Los Angeles to some extent. I just haven't really seen Minnesota take that next step to get that juice into their lineup. And unless they do it sometime soon, I really don't see them going much farther than the first round of the postseason again. Well, there's one more team left to discuss, and it's an oddball team. Maybe one of the strangest teams that we've seen in the NHL this offseason with their moves and just discussing their potential. I feel like you ask 100 different NHL fans how they feel about the Blues going into this upcoming season, and you'll get 100 different answers. This is a team that's hard to pinpoint, but I think they could be a sneaky good team in the Central Division, and we'll discuss that coming up next. Third and final segment of today's episode of Locked on Stars, discussing teams that I think could potentially pose a threat to take down the Dallas Stars in their quest to win the Central Division and potentially even when the Western conference this upcoming season, as they are, I think are poised to be one of the better teams in the division, but that's not to say that they won't face some fierce competition. We've discussed the avalanche, the wild, both of those teams, strengths and weaknesses. And then you have the biggest wild card in the central division coming into this upcoming year in the St. Louis blues. I mean, there's so many different angles to approach this team with. Obviously, you know, the, the core top dogs are still there. Uh, there was, a, a you know, a kind of a cleaning house moment at the trade deadline where they knew they weren't going to make it to the playoffs and they knew they were going to have a lot of these veteran players that were around for that cup run in 2019. A lot of them were going to be free agents and there was a good chance that they would not be looking to stay in St. Louis long-term, just given, you know, where the team was at then and where they maybe thought the direction of the team was going. And the Blues were looking to get some sort of return for those veteran players. But they hold on to Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas. Those guys are the key to this lineup. And it's a pretty good top six for the for the St. Louis Blues. And, and, and you know, I feel like we've kind of seen this coming. There weren't a ton of notable departures in the offseason. Again, those happened at the deadline with Tarasenko going to the Rangers, O'Reilly going to the, the Maple Leafs, and then, of, of course, Saban Barbashev, who went on to win the Stanley Cup with the Vegas Golden Knights. But there were some relatively notable additions for the Blues this offseason. Kevin Hayes comes to the Blues from Philadelphia in a trade right before the NHL draft. And they did make some other moves around the deadline to acquire some other nice pieces. I think Jacob Verana was one of the more underrated moves then. And I think he's going to, if he can stay on the ice, I know he's had issues staying on the ice with injuries and other concerns, but if he can stay, on the ice and play consistently. Uh, I think he is going to be an incredibly underrated weapon for that team. He was a guy that I kind of wanted the stars to look into at the deadline just because the talent's there. I know there are other concerns with him as a player uh, and you know maybe with some off-ice things, but I, I kind of was interested to see if Dallas would go after him. They didn't. St. Louis did, and I'm a little worried for what he could do to the Dallas Stars long-term as a member of that organization. But the forward group, Top six, pretty solid, but similar to Minnesota. The depth doesn't necessarily concern me. And then defensively, probably, at least from what I can see, a little bit weaker, I think, than Minnesota. Again, not really a, a ton of juice or, or star power, firepower on that blue line. I mean, you have some some notable veterans, especially in that top four, but none of those guys are guys that you know you're looking around the league and saying, all right, which defenseman can I make kind of the backbone of my blue line? I feel like it's difficult to make an argument for guys like Nick Letty, Colton Perenko, Tori Krug, Justin Falk, all very good players, very serviceable players, but not guys that I would take over Miro Haskin in. I'd probably, and again, all of this is going to sound biased coming from someone who covers the Stars, but Thomas Harley, a little bit younger, I think has a lot more upside and potential. And, you know, you factor in Esselin Dell and what he's done long-term for the Stars. There, there are certainly some things to like with this Blues team, but ultimately at the end of the day, I think for me, they are what the Winnipeg Jets were at this time last year. And for those of you who have been listening for a long time now, you know that when I discussed the Jets, my my topic of discussion with them was I didn't know how to properly assess them. I could see them being a top three team in the Central Division, or I could see them flat out missing the postseason and being just you know near the bottom with Chicago and Arizona. And Winnipeg kind of met that expectation at the start of the season. They were a red hot team were gunning for the top spot in the central division up until the, really the all-star break. And then they kind of faltered somewhere in the middle, becoming a wild card team, but they were hard to read. And I think rightfully so, because they were hard to read at times during the regular season. And now I feel this way with the St. Louis blues. There's a world where I could see them sneaking into a top three spot in the central division, probably that third spot, not really higher than there, but I could also see them having another year like last season where things just don't necessarily go their way. They have to battle some injuries, and they find themselves as a spectator in the postseason yet again. And maybe as the regular season gets closer, they'll, they'll make some other adjustments and moves, and we'll get a more clear picture. Uh, but I do think that there are some sneaky good players on that roster, uh, and that the Blues could certainly give some trouble to the Stars and other teams in the division, although I do think that the goaltending situation is, is, could be a, a very hot mess uh, Thomas Grice is an unrestricted free agent. He's gone. So you're left with Jordan Bennington, who certainly was not a, a great option at many times last season. And then Joel Hoffer, who is a young goalie. I think he was a fourth round pick for the blues a few years ago. I know he's has, I think he's played in seven or eight NHL games from what I could find before this recording. And then I, I know that he helped pitch in for a shutout last year with Grice. And I, I mean, he's probably a fine player, but I mean, is that the goaltending duo that we're going to see on opening night? Is that who the Blues are going to roll with going forward? If so, I think that that would raise some concerns. But if they can lock down maybe and get themselves a better goaltender or maybe Jordan Bennington is ready to turn things around from where he was, I, I don't know. The Blues are just such a difficult team to read, but I'm so in- fascinated by them to see what they look like. Uh, not necessarily hoping that they're a good team, that the less resistance the Stars can have to getting first in the Central Division, the better. But but the Blues are a fascinating team, and I feel like even though they missed the postseason last year, we can't just act like they aren't a good team with good players. It's just a matter of utilizing that talent, utilizing that skill, and with all the new faces, even guys that they got at the trade deadline last year, it's always difficult for team for players that get traded to the non-contenders. The you know the pieces that get sent in exchange for players that are helping contenders. So you know your Sammy Blaze of the world. Uh, you know, when he left the Rangers in exchange for Tarasenko. It's always difficult for those guys, I feel like, to get properly acclimated. So guys like Sammy Blay, Jacob Verana, so on and so forth. I think, you know, they'll get a we'll get a little bit more clear picture of what they look like with the Blues, as well as the addition of players like Kevin Hayes. But let me know uh, if you're watching on YouTube in the comment section down below. Who do you think wins the Central Division this upcoming season, given where the teams are at at this point in the offseason? Did I miss somebody? Do you think that maybe I'm sleeping on Nashville or Winnipeg? I certainly don't think I am, but maybe you think so. Let me know in the comment section down below. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Stars. For making us your first listen of the day, be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow along on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We're always free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. And I hope you guys have a great Tuesday, and we will see you back here tomorrow.